BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Well, Carl, nice to see you again on the road, now in Palm Springs, beautiful weather still. It's not that hot. Javier, I forgot, so that's what your mouth looks like, huh? I can see it. Oh, yeah. Maybe you wasn't the mask on again. <laughs> yeah, it's a little disturbing. I'm not yeah. used to you without a mask. It's making me nervous. Anyway, uh, we're here with Volvo, Anders Gustafsson, uh, CEO of North America, or what's the exact title? It's really Americas. Okay, everything. Yeah. All from uh, Alaska to Argentina. Yes, and, <laughs> I, and I love it. Right. Excellent. It's a big zone. Yeah. yeah. So we have about 15 minutes, and maybe I'm going to ask a question, and you'll take the 15 minutes, the rest of the 15 minutes to answer it. But <laughs> how difficult is to run a car company nowadays with everything that is going on? I would say I've been in the U.S. now for five years, and I've been through uh, tariffs, I've been through COVID, uh, and now we have a, a, a specific situation uh, yeah. closer to my home country in Europe. So, so I would say um, I learn. And it's just to, to have good colleagues around you and act fast. So we have been quite successful, so we will handle this situation too. You're going to try to go all EV by 2030. That's the state. That's correct, yeah. And what do you see as the most difficult component of that transition? I use uh, some words sometimes when I motivate our partners. And that is really some people need to see to believe and some people believe what they see. Uh, this will take some time and, and um, I think we have a quite uh, good strategy with, with our hybrid approach to get customers into electrification so they are not scared of charging and they learn to you to calculate range and they have that kind of a safety net with a hybrid approach. Uh, and then it's so funny to talk to our new elect, full electric customers that bought the XC40 and now the C40, how much they're into tech and how understanding they are uh, about you know, some of the, if I use the word, not weaknesses, but this, it will take time to build up a, a charging infrastructure that, that fits whole US and I would say all Americas. But I'm 100% sure that this will go by far faster than anyone can imagine. So in this, this drive is a good example of all that uh, that strategy because you have this uh, XC60 plug-in hybrid, the T8 new powertrain, which is a plug-in hybrid. You can go up to 40 miles, uh, I think, 
rear electric, and then 400 and plus miles with the combination. And then the, just the electric car. So the, the plug-in hybrids are like the perfect transition for people who are like maybe thinking about leaving the gas car behind but not very sure, but go to the other one, right? Yeah. So now we launched a new three-layer battery that you referred to that uh, is going to have double range compared to the current one. And then it's going to have more torque or more horsepower or whatever you, you should use. Uh, and that is, of course, what we try to get the non-believers into. If I use that, use that word. And, <laughs> and also, I think that our hybrid approach, because we're going to get that solution on, on XC90 or XC60 and our S60. So it's the, the, the kind of a full range, if I use that word, if you exclude the XC40. Um, and that's going to help us. Uh, a lot, I think, and um, we see the interest. Uh, probably the biggest problem we have is we're going to be sold out. We have a lot of pre-orders uh, already. That's great. And um, no, I, I really feel that that is a good start to move the ones that is a little bit slower into electrification. Yeah. So I don't know, if Carl, you experienced that on the road, but today when I was driving, some somebody looked at the car. Obviously, it draws a lot of attention because of that design, and like the. Um, all the cars together on the road. Like, there were like 10 of them next yeah. to each other. That, that so, just draws attention well, it in the so, same color. So this lady stops at the red sign and like she comes and like knocks on the window or like waves at the window and says like, what are you doing here? Like, well, we're testing the using electric car. Well, that's great. And I hope a lot of people get into it until everybody gets into it and it's going to be bad for everybody because a lot of people think that the, the infrastructure, the resources are not going to be there. But I mean, Every, the technology is advancing so fast that obviously you guys have a plan for all that. Yeah, I would like to fly up a little bit to answer the question from a helicopter perspective. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a lot of reasons why I think electrification is going to be by far faster than we, okay. we imagine in the U.S. First of all, we have the whole technology race that is ongoing in the world. We, we have learned about all the troublesome semiconductor situation for all of us that that this beautiful country cannot uh, just uh, lean on and, and, and kind of uh, buy things from other countries. We, we need to run the technology in U.S. and learn from that. Uh, I think the governmental approach and the investments related to charging infrastructure and also I would say some of the rules and I've used the word rules and regulations around the investments that uh, the, the government have decided that we should have local uh, development and uh, local uh, production of, of, of batteries in the U.S. And if they are putting that pressure on, on manufacturers, that is the same as we're going to tell them that we will do our job, but you need to do your job yeah. with the infrastructure. So I think it's going to ha happen extremely fast. Uh, and it's not like you need it everywhere. Uh, take it in steps. And what I know, I think they have a good plan. It's just the timing that needs to be discussed. So, Carl, you live here in California where gas is now about six, seven, eight, nine, depending where you go. <laughs> so, like, that, that's a good moment to introduce a new car, I guess, right? Well, it is, and I also think an extended range uh, plug-in hybrid like you've got now with the, with the new models that have t essentially twice the range they used to have in, in all-electric mode <clears throat> only becomes more desirable when you have gas hitting, hitting and surpassing $6 a gallon. Yeah. What worries me, Anders, is... We've seen, you know, a shift for obvious reasons in the last few weeks on, say, palladium supply and nickel supply from a certain country. And arnises, the electric arnises are made yeah. in Ukraine. I didn't it's know Ukraine. that. Yeah, yeah. Not so, from Volvo's, but no, no, other no, brands. But like they're made there. 
if, if, you know, I, I, I worry that just as we're trying to put the infrastructure and trying to get the mindset moving toward electric vehicles, we're being reminded of the potential upheaval in the supply mm. of what are pretty limited and potentially highly expensive or volatile pricing for materials that go into batteries, which are obviously a huge part of electric car costs. Yeah. So does that concern you at all, that even if the mindset for electric cars evolves and the infrastructure evolves uh, and the dedication to producing more electric cars is there from all these automakers who want to get to pure EVs, that we have a geopolitical event and all of a sudden batteries are far more expensive to produce? Yeah. Now, if we had this interview 17 weeks ago or 16 weeks ago, yeah. probably probably my answer will be a little bit different. Uh, it is very kind of a... Yeah. Everyone knows uh, that neon gas is, is produced, I think, 75% in, in Ukraine, and you need that to, to produce semiconductors. That is a question mark, and that we put pressure on, on a lot of other things in our industry. And then uh, the minerals, you know... We know which countries you can, you find the minerals that you need, uh, and uh, of course Russia. They are big on, on on one part, and then you have the mines in Africa with a different approach and a different ownership structure of, of majority of the mines in the world. But I, I really hope there is something good out there. You know, this is good for all of us, and in a combination of that, uh, the companies that owns the rights and the countries that is strong with this they will take the right decisions. Right now, I have my question marks, I, so I really understand your question, but I really think that this is come, something good will come out of it uh, because everyone needs to, to, to make money. And um, I also know that volume is always a, a KPI when you develop a company. So I think common sense will, 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 will win and we will find a solution after the current situation is solved under a lot of pain yeah yeah and that's the case with every pretty much every crisis something good comes out of that and we talk about this in in previous episodes carl about how people are like because there aren't many cars at the dealerships physically they're learning to order the cars and you said already that you have so many orders that's another good thing that has happened yeah. from the pandemic time and the short supply and all that right yeah i think that's learning in life overall you know you um you plan yeah, I would say uh, I don't like pain, of course, but, but you, you learn. And, and, and customers, they, they don't know what they want in five years. Yeah. That's the whole idea to run a company, that we, we are trying to be a little bit further ahead and we try to plan so we can provide what customers are going to ask for in uh, five years, 10 years, and 15 years, and so on. That's a fascinating thing about design, right, Carl? And technology, because it's moving so fast. Especially technology, design maybe they can predict, but technology, I mean, the cars that we dropped to yesterday and today, I mean, like so advanced that when they started planning, then like, I don't know how they come up with something that is still relevant today from five years ago. Well, it's, it's a lot like the cell phone situation, right? Yeah. I mean, I still marvel at the fact that there was no such thing as an iPhone 14 years ago, right? 15 years ago, there was no such thing as an iPhone. 2007, I think. And how much has the world changed in 15 years? Yeah. I mean, think about that. We have entire business models yeah. that exist mm -hmm. right now that no one had conceived in 2006 because yeah. there was no way to conceive something based on an iPhone that no one had ever seen before. Yeah. And so, Anders, you keep talking about how quickly you think it will, will switch. And it's funny because 
I've got as many or more uh, questions and skepticisms about the EV conversion and everyone going EV. But I also have the memory of, you know, Nokia versus Apple. You know, once upon a time, Nokia was the huge cell phone maker. And what about all... BlackBerry? <laughs> who? Black who? Yeah, exactly, right? You have these you have these companies that were essentially owning an industry, and then they vanished almost. Yeah. They, yeah. they, for all intents and purposes, vanished because they were completely blown away by a relatively quick of evolution. Yeah. And if we get to a critical mass of people having faith in EVs, suddenly you could have, you know, internal combustion cars looking very obsolete and archaic. Yeah, and it's, uh, I'm very much into uh, the boring part of our industry, and that is the residual values and, and those calculations. And I remember you know, four or five years ago when we calculated on a, on a, on a full electric, you know, that was a bad deal, yes. uh, <laughs> if you should be very, very honest. Yeah, right. And, 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 right, and I would say also hybrids four years ago was we can discuss if it was good or bad. And now it's, it's booming yeah. in a way. So what I've learned is that I don't know everything. And you should you should uh, kind of tell yourself I don't that that's the case, and then you need to have very smart people around you, and you need to be very close to the customers. But you cannot always listen too much. You you need to be bold. You need to believe in something. Otherwise, you're going to be the second or the third. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, you have a very good idea of what you're doing. Obviously, <laughs> that's why you are on your where you are. Uh, let's talk about uh, the other aspect of what is being uh, become more evident. I think that during the pandemic and all these things, the dealership experience. Always changing that a little bit because you have this car in particular available or they're online. How, how that process works? Yeah. You know, U.S. is a fantastic country. Uh, and the way that U.S. supports and kind of a really help entrepreneurs to, to, to live their dreams. Uh, I've learned that, how, how it works. It's quite unique if you yeah. compare to all the countries I work with. So the legislation and the structure around how we're going to sell cars in the future is complicated. But I have learned a lot, uh, and I understand why this is kind of a complicated. I think our approach around our electrification uh, how we're going to sell the cars is, of course, with all our dealers. The dealers will sell the cars. The dealers will take care of the customers. But we have a very, very strong belief that if we have one price strategy and we have one source for where, where the customers is putting the order, they can put the order through our dealers, exactly what they do today, and they can use our websites and our online tools. And the price that is in that tool uh, is the price that the customer is going to pay and um, that is something we started with with x40 uh, this model year and that is something we will do for our new products that we we launched uh, the upcoming years uh, it's very interesting uh, under current circumstances where it's lack of cars yeah. all over the world and even in us it's quite easy to be humble as a manufacturer but mm-hmm. i also learned it, it can change very very fast yeah. so i'm very much into that all our partners needs to be into it they need to understand why we do this and we need to be of course we need to be competitive yeah. so it's very very interesting very good start but i also would like to be very even if i can pitch and I can sell uh, that this is quite unique situation we have never never been to this situation before where yeah. we don't have enough cars the demand is higher when we can produce yeah what anything else Carl we're running out of time I like yeah I know as always it uh, went quick and there's lots of great information uh, exciting things going on for the brand obviously we're, we're in a very disruptive time frame 
I think even more so than we would have guessed even a few months ago how disruptive the time. <laughs> well, as you say, two weeks ago, three weeks yeah, ago, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's just constant change, but um, change is potential opportunity on everything from learning to uh, 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 achieving new things and getting new customers. So uh, I think you, I think Volvo's well positioned and having driven the C40 today, um, I think I can see the company going all electric in uh, the next six years. Oh, thank you so six, much. No, I think we are on the right track. I have a very good feeling, and and I know that um, yes, it is question marks, but that's the re- that's the reason why we're on the right track. I, I this will be the right. This is the right way. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time, and uh, look for our stories. Uh, Carl.com. Carlbrower.com. Carl right? Brower, yeah, Carl Brower on my uh, yeah. on my various uh, social medias. And yeah, and same Javier Mota, and we'll be on the road again pretty soon, and with another episode. Thank you very much. Again, thank, thank you so much. Anders. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at totalcarscore.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 